Um, so, first let me say that this week's Parsha, Parshat Noah, is always very special for me. It's the portion that I read on my bar mitzvah. And I remember being at that time so excited as a bar mitzvah boy that I had a Torah portion that I actually knew something about when they assigned it to me. I mean, everybody knows the story of Noah. The ark, the flood, the animals, two by two, the rain for 40 days and 40 nights, the dove, the rainbow. I remember as an almost 13-year-old being truly excited that I thought I didn't really need to study the portion because I knew the story. And then, of course, I realized that I didn't know it in Hebrew, let alone I didn't know how to chant it. And at some point, sitting with my rabbi growing up, Rabbi Jerry Reiskin, Zichron Livracha, I learned that I didn't really know the story either. Well, I didn't know the whole story. For example, do you know that Noah ended up on the ark with all the animals, but everyone else died in a horrible flood? Yes, they were wicked, bad people, but what was their great crime? Why did Noah end up on the ark and everybody else had to die? What was so terrible that God decided, at, at, at least according to the legend, that all of humanity, save for Noah and his family, needed to be wiped off the face of the earth? The Torah records that before the floodwaters began to rise, God observed that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And God was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieving and grieved in his heart. That's, of course, from Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. Now, it takes a little bit more digging to get to the bottom of what exactly human beings were guilty of doing, beyond just being bad to their very core. And if we look toward the end of the story, about three chapters later in Genesis chapter 9, we'll actually find our answer. You see, there in Genesis chapter 9, Noah and his sons, all that survived on the ark, are given seven commandments, seven rules that they must follow so that God will not once again destroy the earth. These seven commandments are called the Noahite laws, and they are important for a number of reasons. First, we can infer by deduction that if these are the seven things that God prohibits on the threat of once again destroying the earth, then they must be the very things that people had done in the first place to bring about the original destruction. Secondly, they are important because these seven laws, unlike the later covenant with Abraham and with Moses and with all of us, that contains the Ten Commandments and indeed expands to 613 commandments in the Torah, these laws, the Noahite laws, they're not just for Jews. These laws are universal. They're ecumenical. They are required of all humanity. So what are those seven basic laws of humanity? Those seven basic laws that are so important that violation of them could bring down once again divine wrath, once again the destruction of nearly all human life on earth. I'm going to share them with you. Number one, do not profane God's oneness in any way. Acknowledge that there is a single God who cares about what we are doing and desires that we take care of the earth. This is the law of being Shomrei Ha'adama that I talked about now two years ago on the High Holy Days, of being guardians of the earth. It's a commandment against destruction of our ecosystem. 
and how we get from profaning God's name, which many of us grew up with thinking that uh, that was idolatry or cursing God in some way, and we'll get to that one in a moment, to care for the earth because the earth is the greatest example, the, 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 the product of God's creation and all things in it. Destruction of the earth is therefore a destruction of God and the oneness of God in all things. Number two, do not curse your creator. No matter how angry you may be, do not take it out verbally against your creator. Now, this is a law that commands that we do not attribute to God a reason or an action that was not God's doing. This is not to fight wars in God's name, not to claim that God's favor for this political party or one race or one religion over another. Because all human beings are created, B'Tselem Elohim, in the image of God. And to say that God favors one over the other is to curse God. Number three, not to murder. The value of human life cannot be measured according to tradition and Torah. To destroy a single human life is to destroy, as we've all learned, to destroy the entire world. Because for that person, the world has ceased to exist. It follows that by sustaining a single human life, you are sustaining an entire universe. This commandment is so important, particularly now as we are bombarded by numbers, hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands and millions of people affected by this pandemic, killed by this pandemic. They're not numbers. They're husbands and fathers and wives and brothers and sons and daughters and friends and family members. They're people. Number four, do not eat a limb of a living animal. And I know this one will make a vegetarian out of all of us, but it means more than just what it sounds like. It means that the respect, to respect the life of all of God's creatures, as intelligent beings, as human beings, we have a duty not to cause undue pain to other creatures. This is not merely a law to take care of our pets but to be good stewards and caretakers of all living things, of all living creatures. Their lives are quite literally in our hands. It may seem trivial, but it is an enormous responsibility and a complex one. Animals in this instance are explicitly given to human beings for food, but how we utilize that gift is not without limits and a reflection of our morality. Number five, do not steal. Whatever benefits you receive in this world, make sure that none of them are at the unfair expense of someone else. And this can mean not only the stealing of physical things, but it can also mean the stealing of one's mind, of thoughts, of deceiving another person. We're responsible for not doing that kind of theft as well. Number six, do not engage in illicit sexuality. Sexuality is the fountain of life, and so nothing is more holy than the sexual act. So too, when abused, nothing can be more debasing and destructive to the human being. Now, sex is complicated, and sex, sexual norms and morality have changed over time. What has remained constant since the times of Noah, though, is that human beings are prohibited from using that powerful desire as an excuse for an abuse of power towards others over other human beings. And number seven, 
establish courts of law and ensure justice in our world. While all of the others are largely prohibitions, this one is a commandment to do something, a positive commandment. With every small act of injustice, with every violation of these six laws, we slip back closer and closer to a time when God might destroy the world. Thus, human courts of justice must be established to restrain the human inclination towards evil and ultimately guide all of society towards justice. If these are the criteria which would determine whether or not we are deserving of a place on the ark, then when each of us examines our own life, what do we find? See, part of being a Jew, and I would argue part of being a moral person of any faith or even no faith, is to ask ourselves the tough questions that go to the core of who we are as human beings. And so as you and I sit at home tonight, as we all sit in our warm homes with food in our bellies, as we each examine how we live up or fall down in the face of these seven commandments, would we be on the ark or would we be in the water? If we have honestly looked into our souls and have come to the realization that we might stand a chance of finding ourselves in the water rather than in the ark because of our failure or our lack of attention to these commandments, then what are we willing to do to change our fate, to get a ticket for the boat? They're tough questions, but one's well worth asking. The answer, I truly believe, lies within each of us, though we may not be able to uncover it ourselves, and that's where prayer and study come in. In the end, I pray that we may fashion our lives as to be worthy of our own place on the ark. It would suggest it is better to be, I would suggest, it is better to be strong of character than need to be a strong swimmer. Shabbat Shalom.